Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And as you guys know, this is my favorite show of the week. I've rewatched the Titans game against the Jaguars multiple times, not only the TV copy, but the all 22 coaches film as well. And I am ready to share with you guys everything that I saw from the Titans schematically on offense and defense from that win over the Jags. We are going to step into the film room today, and I'm going to empty out all of my film notes for you guys. Before we get into that Rewatch Wednesday discussion, though, the Titans made some pretty important roster moves on Tuesday. We saw a Titans offensive lineman retire in the middle of the season, and we also saw the Titans go out and sign a familiar face who could be replacing a starting linebacker for the Titans defense. So a lot to discuss on a rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, it is a rewatch Wednesday. I am excited to be back with you guys. And speaking of being excited to be back, there is a Tennessee Titans player who has returned after they started their career with the team. And I would expect that they are immediately going to compete for starting reps. Now, before I tell you who that player is, just want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if this is your first listen ever to the Locked On Titans podcast, make sure that you subscribe on whatever platform you stream podcasts, subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube page, smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Also, make sure that you check me out on social media at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. It was a Tic Tac Tuesday. I posted a bunch of my film work and film clips to go along with the discussion that we are about to have. Also, check out the show Facebook page at Locked on Titans Pod. But let's dive into these roster moves that the Titans made. And like I said, not only did we get a signing of a familiar face, but we got a retirement, surprisingly enough, in the middle of the season. But let's start with that homecoming. And it comes from an inside linebacker who was drafted by the Tennessee Titans in 2014, and that is Avery Williamson. And if you guys recall, Williamson started his career with the Titans. He actually played 63 games with the Titans in his career, 59 of those being starts. But he got what at the time was a big contract to go to the New York Jets. And as with most of the New York Jets signings, it didn't work out. And then New York had Avery Williamson for a few seasons, ultimately traded him to the Denver Broncos, or my apologies, the Pittsburgh Steelers last year where he played the second half of the season and was a productive starter for the Steelers as they dealt with inside linebacker injuries. He was signed to the Denver Broncos practice squad so far throughout 2021, and that's where we find him now. The Titans have stolen him off of the Denver Broncos practice squad, and they will be signing Avery Williamson to their active 53-man roster. Williamson has 607 tackles in his career, 15 and a half sacks in 94 total games. And let's talk about the real ramifications here. 
Rashawn Evans has been absolutely god-awful. Maybe the worst player on the Titans so far this year, and that reached a fever pitch on Sunday against the Jags, where Rashawn Evans was as bad as I have ever seen him in his entire career. And with that in mind, in the second half, we started to see Monty Rice, the rookie for the Titans, get snaps over Rashawn. And like I said on Twitter on Tuesday or on Monday night, my theory here is people are asking, why is Rashawn still playing? Why isn't Monty Rice playing ahead of him if Rashawn's playing so bad? Well, the reality here is Monty Rice is still a rookie. This is his first year in the NFL. Rashawn Evans does know the system. He knows the play calls. He's been in this system for, you know, three years now, four years now. So from my perspective, it makes sense that if you're going to have both guys playing bad, why not go with the vet who's experienced? Well, here's a good counter. How about we bring in Avery Williamson, a guy who really can fill that role as a two-down run-stuffing linebacker. Make no mistake, Avery Williamson is not going to be out on the field for the Titans on third downs. He is specifically here to play early down run defense. I think you got Jayon Brown and David Long, who the Titans feel comfortable having out on the field on third down. You can let those guys rotate and do their thing on third down, but you need that big-bodied, physical, run-stuffing linebacker to go next to the undersized, speedy David Long, the undersized, pass-coverage-centric Jayon Brown. You need that big, physical thumper next to whoever that guy is. Rashawn Evans has failed in that role, and the Titans are probably tired of trying to force a square peg into a circle hole. It's done. Rashawn is done, Okay. His career with the Titans is essentially over right now. They're bringing in Avery Williamson, and I would not be surprised to see Avery Williamson completely eat all of Rashawn's snaps by, you know, a couple weeks further into the year. I don't think that this would probably be possible because why would anyone give up anything at all for Rashawn Evans right now? But this would open up the ability for the Titans to trade Rashawn Evans, maybe to Dean Pease in Atlanta with the Falcons and Arthur Smith, the guy who got the most out of Rashawn. Either way, the Titans probably won't be able to get a lot of him out of trade, but if they can get anything, I would expect to see Rashawn Evans traded by the deadline and those snaps given to Avery Williamson and Monty Rice. But that wasn't the only roster move of the day. The Titans had a retirement. Offensive lineman Ty Sambrillo retired, and I would imagine that he's dealing with another injury. This guy has been through a ton of injuries, and he talked in the offseason and in training camp about just how difficult mentally it was for him to come back from his lower leg injury from last year. So Sambrillo's been in the league for a while now. He's probably just tired of rehabbing his body. It takes a toll on you. So a shocking retirement there midseason but one that makes sense when you look at the injury history. Tyson Brelo was a really good depth tackle for the Titans, though. And it does hurt the Titans in the sense that they're going to have to get a lot more out of Kendall Lamb, who they haven't gotten a lot out of, and rookie Dylan Raidens. That's where we're at right now. Raidens needs to play more. Tyson Brelo had been playing that heavy tight end and heavy packages on the goal line. Those snaps went to Kendall Lamb in the second half against the Jaguars, so I would expect him to fill that role. But we are not far away from Dylan Radens having an opportunity to play in some games. Now, of course, that's injury-related. Hopefully, that doesn't come up. But if so, Dylan Radens now will be active every single game day. He shouldn't get any more inactives. And that's at least a positive development for a second-round pick you would hope to get a little bit more out of 
up to this point. Now, also a negative story here, punter Brett Kern, who's been injured and hasn't played for a while, did test positive for COVID and is now on the COVID list. He'll be out a maximum of 10 days, or he could come back earlier if he gets two negative tests back-to-back days. Um, But I think Johnny Townsend, outside of that shank in his first game, has been pretty solid. He's got a really strong leg. He's been booming some punts. So not as worried about the Kern loss as I would have been last year per se. So Johnny Townsend doing a pretty good job. And they also waived Woodrow Hamilton, the defensive lineman who just really hasn't been impressive enough to stick on the roster. But that's all the roster moves. We got a a signing of a familiar face. We got a surprise retirement. We got a COVID list uh, entry as well. So a lot going on with the Titans, even on a chill Tuesday. But now it is time to get into our rewatch Wednesday portion of the show. Going to dive into all of my film notes as we step into the film room and talk about what the Titans did from an X's and O's perspective on offense and defense against the Jags on Sunday. Before we get into that, do want to tell you guys about the get upside app. It's an incredible app that everyone who buys gas has to know about. Again, it's the free Get Upside app. And right now, my listeners are making up to 25 cents off every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download that free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus. 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump ever again. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making up to $200, $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added directly to your account, and you can cash out at any time, right to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card like for Amazon. Just download the free. Get Upside app, use that promo code TOUCHDOWN, and get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, that's promo code TOUCHDOWN on the free Get Upside app. Titans fans, let's dive into the film room. Check out my notes from rewatching the coaches' tape, the All 22. In this Rewatch Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, we are going to focus on the offensive side of the ball first. And I just want to say this. Hasn't all been great, but shout out to Todd Downing. A really creative display in this game. He used motion at the snap. We talk about motion. I'm not talking about motion in a guy and then he gets set again or you change the formation. I'm talking about a guy is in motion when the ball is snapped, which is the the new just motion. you got to have motion at the snap to confuse the defense. Todd Downing did a good job of that multiple times throughout the game also. Putting Cam Batson in the Wildcat and running a read option with Derrick Henry. Uh, the reverse to Chester Rogers. Fake a pitch one way, reverse to Chester Rogers back the other way with a little bit of motion at the snap matched in. He did a great job defeating man coverage. We have talked for weeks now that the Titans have been struggling going against tight man coverage with the crowded line of scrimmage from the defense. Well, here's what Todd Downing did on multiple occasions. One time, he put Jeremy McNichols out in spread. So spread 
You got five people out at wide receiver, nobody in the backfield with Ryan Tannehill. Jeremy McNichols and one other wide receiver are on a side by themselves, just those two guys, and they're stacked right next to each other with Jeremy McNichols just behind the front wide receiver on the point. Well, having a stack like that, it inherently creates space because both the Jeremy McNichols and the wide receiver, you can't get press coverage on both of them when they're stacked at the line of scrimmage like that, or you'd have to be off sides to do that. So you can't do that. So that naturally creates space. And when you're in man coverage, the defense is in man coverage, and you know that, well, who's going to be playing man coverage on the running back? A linebacker. So you create some natural space with the two-man stack, and then you have Jeremy McNichols run a drag route across the field with a linebacker trailing him in man coverage. Beautiful stuff. Jeremy McNichols got about a 20-yard gain on a key third down early in the ball game. Just good stuff from Todd Downing outside of that. I really liked the fake pitch to Derrick Henry one way, and then immediately turning back and hitting A.J. Brown on the slant. I love that. Misdirection. Utilize Derrick Henry in non-traditional play-action ways. Fake a toss to him, and then flip back immediately. Run the RPO. The Titans ran a good RPO out of shotgun. It didn't work out. The ball was batted down, but the play design was awesome. It was just a quick pop pass on a turnaround to a tight end. And like I said, the ball got knocked down, but you fake that handoff to Derrick Henry. You see that the defense is cheated up. Boom, hit the quick pass to the tight end on the turnaround, read, pass, option. I wanted to see Todd Downing add more of that into the Titans offense, and while we haven't got quite as much as I was hoping based on what Todd Downing did with the RPO passing game in Oakland in 2017, we're starting to see some elements of that, and you can always tell it's an RPO because the offensive linemen are way down the field when the ball is thrown. The NFL doesn't seem to want to call that penalty, but on the RPO I'm talking about, Questenberry was four yards down the field when the ball was thrown. There wasn't a flag. RPOs are cheat codes, folks, because the referees just don't want to throw that penalty flag on an eligible man downfield. So more of that, Todd Downing, please. Also, some other things. Like I said, you fake the pitch, you hit the slant. More condensed formations. The Jaguars were putting nine guys in the box. The Titans were saying, okay, we're basically going to run a goal line formation with one wide receiver and motion men. Condense the formation. Derrick Henry's big runs that we have seen this year haven't come on outside zone. They've come on inside running plays, inside zone, where he's able to bounce it out because the defense just collapses in like a black hole, and then there's nobody outside. Derrick Henry beats one defensive back with a stiff arm, and he's off to the races. So good job by Todd Downing taking advantage of them, putting that many people in the box. Some good stuff there on the inside zone. Also, bunches. He still went with those trip bunches. Three guys in a triangle on the line of scrimmage to help create space against tight man coverage. Two-man stacks as well. So over the last few weeks, the Titans have been running a bunch of trips bunch. Well, when you put all three of your wide receivers to one side of the field, you do make it a little bit easier for the defense to, to, to cover those guys. So what I like to see from Todd Downing this week was he was trying to give similar help against man coverage but dedicating less of his wide receivers to one side of the field. He was doing two-man stacks, like I explained in the Jeremy McNichols play, having two wide receivers on one side of the field, but having them literally on top of each other, essentially, to give yourself some artificial room from the jam as soon as the ball is snapped. So I love that. Uh, like I said, Cam Batson, Chester Rogers in the backfield, pitch sweeps, reverses, 
Wildcat, wild bat, I guess we could call it. I love all that creativity from Todd Downing. The the second touchdown drive or the third touchdown touchdown drive, the last touchdown drive in the first half was one of the most creative play calling displays for a single drive that I have seen in years from the Titans, including the Arthur Smith stuff. That we got a variety of things from the Titans offense. Kind of want to highlight that on Monday on Twitter or on Monday on Wednesday on Twitter. So if you're checking this, go to my Twitter in the afternoon. At least it'll be up there. But I thought Todd Downing did a good job being creative. There, there's plenty to be desired. Would love to see more play action on first down. But overall, a really good game plan from Todd Downing. Moving forward outside of that. Run blocking was absolutely fantastic. It improved throughout the game. The Titans started wearing them down. And by the end of that game, Derrick Henry's last touchdown run, Andrew Wingard, the number 42, the white safety for the Jacksonville Jaguars that the Titans just roasted all last year as well. He was just laying on the ground in the end zone, not wanting to stand up because Derrick Henry had just bullied those boys all day Long, You love to see stuff like that. And like I mentioned earlier, the Titans had much more success with inside zone than outside zone runs. Uh, the Jaguars, when teams go in four-man fronts and they leave four or five guys at the second level, you're vulnerable to them flowing to the ball. It's harder for the offensive linemen to get a body on those guys immediately. So when you have good flowing linebackers and linebackers with good speed, it makes it harder to run outside zone because Derrick Henry could get a crease to the outside but if the guards don't get up to the second level because those linebackers are so fast, it's going to be difficult for Derrick Henry to break those long runs once he gets past the line of scrimmage, even if it only has four guys on the line. So what the Titans are doing is, hey, if you're only going to run four guys on the line of scrimmage and you're going to stack the second level of the defense, we're running inside zone. We're blowing your four guys off the ball. We're taking our five to six yards, and we're going to move on to another down after a substantial gain. So love seeing that adjustment from the Titans. Got rid of the outside zone game, went pure inside zone. And we've seen that a lot throughout the year, if you notice. A lot more inside runs, and that's because the Titans are adjusting to what defenses are doing. Also in the passing game, do want to mention uh, Clay Brooks, the cornerback for the Jags. I mentioned him as a key to victory for the Titans. Attack Clay Brooks. He's their worst cornerback, and that's exactly what the Titans did. He gave up the most yards of any single cornerback in the game with 52. Three for three when targeted. Marcus Johnson did a great job when he had Clay Brooks on him. Marcus Johnson did a pretty good job regardless of getting separation. The best I've seen from a Titans wide receiver in the last few weeks since they haven't had a full A.J. Brown and haven't had Julio Jones. So good to have Marcus Johnson back. A.J. Brown, do want to mention him. Limited snaps. He did a great job as a blocker in the run game on inside runs. When you're coming off an injury, you're limited in snap counts. You're not having a great productive start to the season, to still get in there and block with physicality and do what's asked. A.J. Brown is a great teammate. Also, just want to mention, Taylor Lewan had a great game. Nate Davis in the run game, at least, was excellent. And Corey Levin, when Corey Levin came in for Roger Saffold, he did a very good job. Pass protection. Here's what I do want to say about pass protection. Still needs to be improved. The big thing for me is the Titans get zero knockback in pass protection. The pockets... People have asked, why doesn't Ryan Tannehill scramble more? He's athletic. He's mobile. Well, when the pocket completely collapses at one time, there are no avenues to scramble. There's nowhere to go. The Titans, I know pass protection is more about setting back, adjusting to what the rush is, mirroring the rush. 
But the Titans have to find a way that when they do get their paws on their defender and pass protection, knock them back a little bit. A little little physicality. Keep a pocket. The Titans' offensive line is basically buckling their seatbelt and holding on for dear life as they get pushed back, 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 back towards the quarterback. Have some aggression. Be the pushback. Knock back the guys when you get your hands on them. Give Tannehill at least some lanes to scramble through or just a little bit more time. A little bit more time for Ryan Tannehill in that game, and we were going to see some big plays in the passing game to A.J. Brown, but not a lot of time to do it. Tannehill's focused on getting the ball out quick, and I can't really blame him for that philosophy from what we're seeing from pass protection. But that's my schematic breakdown of what I saw on offense from the Titans. We are going to move forward, talk about the defensive side of the ball. A lot of goodies there for you guys as well. Before we get into that, just want to remind you guys about the best tasting protein bar ever from our friends over at Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. They have their limited time flavor, the Cookie Dough Chunk. It's one of my favorite flavors that they've ever produced. Really good flavor, really good texture. If you're not into that, they have something for everyone. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They don't just taste good, though. They're healthy for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great as a healthy meal substitute or just a guilt-free snack. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Titans fans, we are going to cap off this re-watch Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast by going over my schematic defensive notes to let you guys know what I saw from the Titans defense on the tape on Sunday. Before we get into that, I did thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day, but make sure to make the Peacock and Williamson podcast your second listen. Hosted by Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, Brian and Matt give you a national perspective on all of the latest NFL news, so check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast Monday through Friday on whatever platform you do stream. But we talked about the offensive notes We talked about the roster moves. Let's get into my defensive rewatch Wednesday notes here. Number one, I just want to say, great job by the Titans in man coverage. Now, when the team is missing their best wide receiver in DJ Chark, it makes it a little bit easier. You got Tavon Austin and Jamal Agnew out there as wide receivers, along with LaVishka Chanel and Marvin Jones, who are good good wide receivers. LaVishka and Marvin, they definitely are, but sticky man coverage. From the Titans, I was just impressed all day about the lack of space that wide receivers had for the Jaguars. I mean, Jackrabbit Jenkins had his best game of the year. Christian Fulton continued to be awesome outside of of some poor man coverage on one play on Marvin Jones on a corner route to the sideline. Uh, Thought Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson played very well in man coverage. Um, Kevin Byard. Great job in man coverage. Made a ton of plays out there. We'll talk about Kevin in just a second. But the Titans played a ton of man robber. So what that is, they'll bring their four guys on the rush or five guys. They'll have man coverage on the five eligible receivers. And then they'll use their extra defender if they're rushing five, their 11th defender. Or they'll use two defenders if they're only rushing four. And they'll have them just play the middle of the field. If you have two guys as zone defenders and man, you're rushing four. You have five guys in man coverage. You have a deep zone defender guarding anything deep. You have an underneath robber guarding everything 
over the middle or underneath. The Titans played that coverage very, very well all day against the Jags. It was probably the most man coverage I've seen from the Titans in any game this year, the least amount of zone. Now, speaking of the zone, though, when the Titans did play zone coverage, they played a lot of invert cover too. So what's invert cover two? I talk about this every week, but I am willing to reiterate again. Invert cover two is when you play a cover two, which you guys got to know what that is by now if you've been listening to the show at all. You got the, the field is cut in half and two guys got everything deep. You got this deep half, I got this deep half. Everybody else covering stuff underneath. Well, the Titans love running cover two, but what they do is they either take their slot cornerbacks and one of their safeties to go back and play the... Typically, it's played with your two safeties at the top. One safety has one half, the other safety has one half. The Titans like to confuse people, so what they were doing is they were using invert cover two with their outside cornerbacks taking the deep halves, and both of their safeties and their linebackers and their slot corners taking everything underneath. It worked really well against the Jags because they like to run go routes, on the sidelines, and then have guys breaking in the middle uh, from the slots. The Titans took that away perfectly with their cover two invert. But here's the problem. I do just want to mention this. You got to watch out for post routes. Okay? If your outside cornerbacks have deep third and your safeties are coming up into the middle, if those outside corners aren't perfectly, I mean, and what if you run a post? with a wheel route against that coverage. What's the cornerback going to do? You can't stay with both those guys, so the Titans better be careful with that invert cover too, or they're going to get murdered on post routes to to Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill down the field. I would be very sparing with the invert cover too because smart quarterbacks and offensive play callers like we have with Buffalo and Kansas City, They'll figure out when you're running that invert cover too and they will burn you with a post over the middle. Be careful, Titans. Don't play with fire. I like the confusion, but be careful. Anyways, moving forward. Uh, the Titans did less twists and stunts this week. Of course, that's a big part of the game plan every week, but I noticed that they really focused on just rushing their four guys, and I think a lot of that had to do with rush lane integrity. The Titans have been letting quarterbacks get out of the pocket, roll out, and throw bombs deep. They have to hem quarterbacks in the pocket and not let them out so easily, and that requires uh, rush lane integrity. And we're going to need to see that even more from the Titans in the next two weeks as there's two quarterbacks who excel at second reaction plays, getting out of the pocket and making plays downfield. The Titans will have to play Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes like they played Lamar Jackson and like they played Josh Allen last year. Mush rush. I know people have been listening to the show for a few years now. Love it, baby. The mush rush, okay? Don't rush too over-aggressively. You want to put pressure on these guys, but you don't want to let them get out of the pocket and make plays downfield and extend plays. That's how they kill you. And that's how the Titans got killed by Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Zach Wilson. And they limited Trevor Lawrence doing that because they slowed down on the twists and stunts, which is something I talked about last week before the game. Uh, Some individual notes. Jeffrey Simmons was just an absolute animal, a freak. I'm trying not to cuss because it was so ridiculous what Jeffrey Simmons did. He dominated the line of scrimmage. I put one film clip up on Twitter of him literally defeating a triple team. He took on the double team from the offensive line, took on the lead blocker at fullback, and still made the tackle on the running back. 
Jeffrey Simmons is absolutely absurd, guys. Both the Harold Landry sacks were because of Jeffrey Simmons' pressure. Mike Vrabel talked about that pressure that Jeffrey or that Jeffrey Simmons created for everybody else in his press conference on Monday as well. So confirmed, that is what I'm seeing. That's what Mike Vrabel is seeing. Jeffrey Simmons is great. And a lot of you guys are making jokes on my Twitter about needing to see more from Jeffrey Simmons. I don't know who said they needed to see more from Jeffrey Simmons, but I don't know what they're watching. Simmons has been awesome this year. One of the best five interior defensive linemen, defensive linemen in the entire league. Uh, Kevin Byard, incredible speed, physicality, knocked down Trevor Lawrence at the goal line on third down before the fourth down stand. Right before that, he knocked away a pass at the goal line that would have been a sure touchdown to Marvin Jones. Got the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Had an interception. Good man coverage on the day. I mean, Kevin Byard did everything. He played like a true superstar on the day that. The Titans need him to be, quite frankly. Elijah Molden playing as a sub-package linebacker and guarding running backs out of the backfield. Love seeing that. The Titans really going all in on that dime personnel. Can't wait to have Amani Hooker back and introduce him into that calculation as well. And then I do want to say that the Titans have been getting attacked by out routes. You guys have seen teams. Oh, that we all complain about the cornerbacks being 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Well, why do we complain about that? Because we're seeing teams throw quick outs for 8, 10, 12 yards, and there's nobody there to guard it. Well, the Titans are trying to adjust. And what they're doing is when they run that invert cover two or whatever zone coverage, they are telling their outside underneath zone defenders to really flash out to the sideline to take away those outbreaking routes. Now again, that really worked for the Titans this week against a crappy Jags team. But if I see that on tape, and I'm just a just a dude, and I see that on tape, Andy Reid sees that on tape. Okay? The Bills see that on tape. So, got to be careful. I would imagine that the Bills and the Chiefs are really going to focus on post routes. They're going to focus on in-breaking routes because the Titans have adjusted to what teams are doing to them, and they've started really focusing on covering the underneath outside areas for those out routes. The Titans have to make sure that they don't go too full bore into that or teams will take advantage of it the other way. But hey, that's the cat and mouse game of the X's and O's in the NFL. The schematics for the Titans. My favorite episode of the week. Breaking down the film with you guys. Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast. Crossover Thursday is tomorrow. We'll have Joe Marino from Locked On Bills on the show. He does a great job, great work. Excited to begin our preparation for the Bills game with Joe on tomorrow's show. I'm going to do a mailbag on Friday. It's been forever since I've been able to do a mailbag with you guys because the season is here. But with the Titans playing on Monday Night Football, we'll do our game preview on Monday. That means Friday is kind of open for us to have a little bit of fun. Send in your questions to me at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter or send your questions as a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I will shout you out and answer those on the show on Friday. Can't wait for the weekend ahead. That's going to do it for me today, though, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.